snap is back, ball is down, the kick is blocked, they got it! Denzel Ward blocked the field goal try, and that's the end of the first half. Can Denzel Ward do anything else? When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. 50, Nick Chubb! Hasta la vista, baby! Nick Chubb! Touchdown! What a catch by Landry! going on everybody it's your boy maddie b back on the ones and twos for the back row brown show we are back giving you guys a recap of the baltimore ravens and cleveland browns game this past sunday week one we are brought to you by the Back Row Fantasy Show Network. We're proud to be associated with them. You can follow me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter, and you can follow the show at Back Row Browns. Holy crap, was this a bad game, guys. Uh, you know, I talked about on the preview show some of the things I thought the Browns could do well. They, they didn't do any of it. I almost feel like we should just throw this game away. I've, I've, I'm glad that I waited until Tuesday to record this. I was, I was kind of heated Sunday with the way that the game turned out. I uh, needed kind of a day to kind of sit back, relax, soak everything in. I'm sure everybody here follows a lot of the Brown stuff on Twitter. You know, we, we've heard everything that a lot of the media fans are saying, everything. It's obviously not great. No, nobody feels great about, um, and uh, let's be honest, an ass beating like that, 38 to 6. I, I expected it to be closer. I did pick the Browns to win it in hopes that they would. Uh, that obviously did not happen. There was a better chance that they were going to lose that game, and we, we, we saw, you know, what happened. First and 10 at the Lions 29, and Prescott goes screen right. Elliott down the right side to the 25, to the 20, to the 10. Elliott to the pylon. Zeke Elliott, touchdown. 38 on the screen.
I'm going to start on the, the defensive side here. Again, I, I'm going to be honest, guys. I'm going to keep this short and sweet today. We, we all know what happened. I do think it's one of those games, uh, you know, you, you hear the coaches say, it's one of those where you just take the tape and you bury it or you burn it. You know, just kind of, we need to get this out of our system. And, and so that's kind of what I'm going to do here today. We, we know what happened. None of us want to relive that game. Just going to go over a couple things I think stood out, and then uh, we will be back again tomorrow. I'm going to be joined by the Bengals back row pod. We're going to try and do a, a uh, kind of episode here talking about the Browns-Bengals game together. I'll give you guys a couple of my thoughts as well solo there, but we'll we'll kind of split that together and put that together and, and preview the Thursday night game here for the Browns and the Bengals. So on the defensive side for for the Browns here, obviously it was extremely disappointing. I did think that they played really well throughout the first half of the game. But anyway, the defense. Uh, so, the biggest, my biggest takeaway is what the hell happened to Miles Garrett. Uh, we, I don't even remember hearing his name called after they announced starting lineups. He, he did not seem to have much impact on the game. Neither did uh, Olivier Vernon. I, I, Ogan Joby, Sheldon Richardson made a couple big plays there, a couple good plays. But outside of those two, I did not see much from that defensive line. We talked about it on the podcast uh, on Monday that I thought. The linebackers were going to struggle to stop the run and and struggle in if they were trying to cover Mark Andrews. We saw that happen. While they did do a good job of kind of stopping Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, I do think it is a lot to ask those linebackers to try and, and stop Lamar Jackson from getting out of the pocket. Now, they did do a good job of it again earlier in the game, but as the game started to get out of hand, you know whether that was just kind of a defeatist attitude or what, they, they really seemed to kind of just let Lamar run all over them there, uh, mostly in the second half. The secondary struggled mightily in this one. Again, Denzel Ward, I thought, actually had a good game. For the most part, shut down the players that he was guarding, but the rest of that secondary just couldn't keep up. Too many busted coverages, uh, too many players getting wide open. Some of that I do think comes into the fact that a lot of these guys, you know, while they've had to step up in place of the injuries, we haven't seen a whole lot of... uh, We we know if you've been paying attention or reading what's going on. With everything going on in covid or this COVID offseason, we've had no preseason games. They haven't even been able to do a whole lot of tackling and, and live practice in uh, leading up to week one. So this is the first kind of real game action some of these guys have seen. So that may play part in it. It's obviously not great. Uh, first game here, no preseason, new offense, new defensive system, tons of new players to come out here, and you got to play You know, one of the best teams in the AFC. And as much as I dislike the Ratbirds, they are one of the best teams In the AFC, they have a bunch of returning players who already know the offense and the defensive scheme. There was not much changing for them. So we were at a little bit of a disadvantage. I don't want to make an excuse for that. They outplayed us mightily in this game. And and the defense, I think, in all honesty, the defense played a lot better than I expected them to with as bad as the offense played. The defense was out there on the field a lot, and the defense held them at times. uh, You know, coming out at at halftime, they had a... the. Sorry, guys, I lost my train of thought. The The third quarter, they came out. Browns' uh, defense stopped them on that first drive. Like, the Browns' defense, I think, came up with a fair amount of stops. And had the offense been playing even somewhat decent, I do think that they would have... Uh, it would have been a much better game. I do think that the final score was not quite as indicative of what the game was. Uh, it could have been closer. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. Special teams, uh, you know... Why Stefanski called for a fake punt? Maybe he was trying to get a little bit of momentum swing back our way. You know, if they complete that, 
you look like a genius. When you don't, everybody's going to question you. I'm not a special teams coach, not a head coach in the NFL, so I don't feel it's fair to question them on that. Uh, you know, if it's something they saw, they thought that they, they could get away with the play, I'm going to trust them. Their head coach is in the NFL. He's a head coach in the NFL for a reason. I didn't love it, but I'm not going to hate him uh, for making that call. Uh, the biggest thing for special teams, obviously, Cybert missing the, the field goal, missing the extra point. He's cut. We got, uh, you know, the double stoinker and Cody Parkey. You know, I, I will jokingly say that he, he was very good for the Bears up until the playoff double stoink. So I'm not going to hate on him yet. Uh, my biggest fear, though, is if Cody Parkey was looking that good in their practices and everything, why did they stay with Cybert? So I'm not 100% sure that Parkey's going to be much of a... Much of an upgrade over Cybert, but, you know, in my opinion, Cybert didn't cost us that game, but he didn't help. He definitely helped swing momentum toward Baltimore's side with the missed field goal and uh, missed extra point. He did get picked up by the Bengals uh, today, actually, as of Tuesday, so we'll see if that helps them at all, whether it's something they use them to just get some information. We do see that NFL teams will pick up players that have been cut by their teams a week prior just to kind of get an idea out of them. You know, you get paid for the for the week, and then you just get let go again. Uh, but whether or not they bring them on, they did, I believe, their kicker, Randy Bullock, suffered an injury kicking. Uh, they missed their field goal at the end of the game against the Chargers on Sunday. Uh, that would have sent them into overtime. So maybe they are picking up Cyber to be their kicker. I'm not 100% sure, but I know he did get uh, picked up by the Bengals. On the offensive side, my God. I I, I really I really don't know what to say, guys. Uh, you know, starting with the offensive line here, it wasn't great. I did think it was better than, than Baker maybe thought it was. I, it really seemed like Baker was dancing around back there with happy feet. Just seemed uncomfortable. And from I've watched, gone back and watched parts of the game here and there. The offensive line did a better job than I thought they would. And, and especially against that defensive front. You know, Will struggled at times. J.C. Treader, I thought, looked really good at times. Even coming back from that injury. You know, we do know that Wills and Conklin uh, both have injuries. Conklin has not practiced the past two days. Uh, it might mean that he's going to be out for the Thursday night game against the Bengals. Uh, we do have Hubbard back, so that's good for the Browns as someone who could step up, although Hubbard was not great last year. I'm not expecting him to be great now. But if Conklin has to miss, at least we have a guy who can step up into the position that's not just like fresh off the streets. Uh, Wills did practice today, so I, I would expect he's going to be good to go for Thursday. But they both kind of got banged up in that game. All in all, I thought the offensive line was was okay. They were able to run the ball early. They kind of got away from that. I don't know what was going on with that. I, I don't understand why you can't have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield at the same time. It just seems like you know Freddie Kitchens did this, and and now it's it's rolled over to Kevin Stefanski where they they only have to have one in the backfield. I don't get it. Uh, you know, I don't know why you can't have both in the backfield, why you're only putting one back there. Chubb looked good early on, had the fumble. Really, they relied on Hunt in the second half of that game, maybe because they were down. They did split the carries literally evenly. Uh, Hunt just got a few more touches, uh, mostly due to the catches. Hunt did have a fumble as well, but he recovered his. I thought both of them, for the most part, looked good, as good as I expected them to look. So, you know, I'm not going to take much away from those two. Hoping for a better game script, obviously, this Thursday, but it was it was not a great performance by them. 
or by anybody. The wide receivers, Landry, I thought was, was Landry and Njoku on the offense were, were the bright spots, right? Njoku had the touchdown catch. He looked really good at times. He got hurt, though. He's going on IR. We'll talk about that in a couple minutes. Landry was consistent. He does what he does. I, you know, I've been a huge supporter of Landry being over here. I love the, the team leadership role that he's taken. Uh, from what I saw, didn't seem to be pouting or throwing a fit at all during the game like his, his compatriot over there on the other side and Odell. So I, I liked what I saw out of Landry. He was fine. He, he, him, there was very few players, I think, that out of this game, you know, if you were to sit down into the room and be like, hey, let's look at the tape, probably are not too worried about the tape that they put on or the game that they put on tape there. That's Landry and Joku, Ogan Joby, and Richardson and Ward. I think those guys are all pretty happy with what they put out on tape. Probably the rest of the offensive line because they did look good for the most part. Uh, let's go tight ends first because I, I really don't want to talk about Odell. Joku looked good. Um, Hooper was not involved much, but uh, I mean, if you've been listening to me, I, I don't expect him to be. Now, maybe with the Joku injury, it happens. Uh, Hooper, I did think they brought over because of how good of a blocker he is. Now, yes, he can be used on the offensive side of the ball. He He's a good pass catcher. He can do a lot after the catch, but he's also a really good blocker, and I thought they probably brought him over here to do more of that help with the offensive line because they do like to do the out zone, the outside zone run scheme, and that helps to have a tight end who can block. So I do expect them to get him a little bit more involved now that Njoku's out for at least three weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if they start getting Harrison Bryant out there more. He was out a little bit uh, in that game. He's a guy that they are really high on, thought he had, you know, talked about him having an amazing camp and everything. So expect to see him out there. I am excited to see him out there Thursday, possibly making some plays. Uh, but I would expect Hooper is going to get more involved after week one. On Odell, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really torn on this. I, I am a huge Odell fan and supporter. I've liked him since he came into the league. I liked him at LSU. I think he's a phenomenal player. He just gets into his head too much, and, and he's had the injuries. We know coming into... This year that he said he's fully healthy and he thinks he's going to have a great season, um, you know, he did kind of backtrack that a little bit this past week and saying had he known that, you know, what was going to go on with COVID, he would not have made those statements because this is obviously going to be a weird season. He just did not look like he wanted to be a, in that game Sunday, uh, you know, early on. Yeah, things looked like they were going good. He had a drop, a couple bad throws by Baker, and then it just looked like he was pouting the entire time. He was arguing with his coach and the referee about him stepping out of bounds and then coming back in and catching the ball. Like, I get it. Uh, you know, as a wide receiver, you have to be cognizant of where you are on the field at all times. I, I, that is easy to do, I think, though. He he does play the sideline catches like that uh, all the time. And so I, I could see where he probably didn't think he stepped out of bounds, but I would imagine they went and showed it on the Jumbotron, dude. Like, just fucking look up. Look up and see that, okay, I did step out of bounds. Stop complaining about it. Like, holy shit, I get that you want to be involved in the offense. I get that you want to get back to what you were before you got injured that last year in New York. He is, in my opinion, still is one of the best wide receivers in the league, and we have not been able to see that out of him in over a year. I get that that's probably frustrating, but him throwing a fit and acting like a child, a petulant child, a high school kid, at a high school game, it's not going to help that offense. Does it help that Baker was not playing great? No, it doesn't. But you know what? I counted three. Three drops that were on Odell in that game because I'm sorry, but yes, Baker did have some bad throws. And did Baker throw, 
you know, I should say two drops. I'm sorry, because the third one I will put on Baker. Two drops. You know, while, yes, was the was the ball perfectly to you? No. Did he lead you perfectly? No. But both times he was in your hands and you dropped it. The third one, he threw it behind Odell. He, if he would have led Odell, it would have, in all honesty, probably been an easy touchdown where Marcus Peters broke it up, uh, which, God, that dude gets on my nerves more than anything. God, I hate Marcus Peters. Anyways, uh, yeah, that, that one I will put on Baker. I will not put that on Odell, but Odell did not have a good game here. There are rumors that they're looking to trade him. I'll address that as well at the end of the podcast here, but I do think they need to get... They did seem like they forced him the ball there in the when they came out in the third quarter. Uh, Kevin Stefanski and Baker both said in interviews yesterday and today, Tuesday, that they did not have a discussion about forcing him the ball. It was just kind of the one-on-one matchups. I'm not sure I believe that. Uh, he was getting singled by Marlon Humphreys and Jimmy Smith beforehand, and they were not really targeting him that much. So I don't know if it was more of a just he was pouting, so they were trying to get him the ball. Regardless, it did help them move down the field a little bit due to the pass interference penalties. I I, I, I don't understand why they keep using Odell the way that they use him. You know, If you go back and look at his Giants film, and again, I, I referenced this last year. I talked about this a little bit, I think, on the very first episode I did of the Browns podcast where I talked about them letting go of Freddie. Odell thrives in the slants and crossing routes, and they just don't seem to do that with him that often now, and I don't understand why. He is a guy that if you get him the ball in the middle of the field, or, you know, get him the ball quickly, he can make guys miss and make a lot happen after the catch. You know, we saw that again in the Jets game. While he's not the fastest guy in the NFL, he does have breakaway speed, and he can beat people to the end zone. And they just don't seem to get Odell the ball in space. In my opinion, from what I've seen, he has not lost a step. So it's not that the defenders are catching. Again, that Marcus Peters one, if he hits Odell in stride more up the field instead of behind him, I do think Odell makes that a big game. You go and look at the film, there's not anyone really close to him. Like, does he score? I don't know. Marcus Peters was kind of close behind him, but again, Marcus Peters is not as fast as Odell. If he leads Odell with that throw, Odell makes a big play. Does it matter at that point in the game? Probably not, but it's still a big play for Odell. Probably helps Baker get into a little bit of a rhythm. I think those two need to get on the same page more than anyone else in this offense. I've said it earlier in the week, um, last week on Friday with the preview pod. I've said it before. Those two are, I think, the key outside of Chubb and Hunt and, and leading this offense. Those two need to get on the same page, and they need to do it quick. Baker. I am still staunchly supporting six. I'm on his side. I still think he's going to be a very good quarterback. I feel like he was the best quarterback in that draft still. I think he still has the upside to be one of the best quarterbacks of that draft. I understand Lamar Jackson is balling out and doing his thing. Josh Allen, while he's not the most accurate, is having a, a really good year, as a really good couple years as well with Buffalo. But Baker... Won the Heisman. He's a phenomenal quarterback, and I do think he has a lot of upside. I'm I'm worried about what I'm seeing out of him, though. I don't know if this is a you know an effect of what happened last year with how bad that offensive line was. He just does not seem to be comfortable in the pocket. There was a lot of times in the game Sunday that he he looked antsy uncomfortable, was moving around, his feet were like churning and moving so fast, and there was barely any pressure on him. 
the other thing that I think hurts Baker is is he's he it looks like he's struggling to get through his reads. If if his first read is not there, he's almost panicking and not knowing what to do. And that worries me for Baker because he doesn't have the athleticism that Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson do that he can get out of the pocket and make plays happen with his legs or force defenders to crash down on him and then leave somebody wide open. So Baker has got to learn to read these defenses and everything better. It almost seems like when there was a play where Baltimore brought down, um, I think it was like eight defenders into the box, and, and Baker just looked panicked. And it wasn't even a blitz. They showed blitz, and then as soon as he he said hut, they all backed up. Not all of them. They blitzed the entire, I think it was the right side, and the left side went back into coverage. That was when, uh, I believe, Campbell got the tip, and they got the interception, Baker's first interception. And we've seen that a lot last year and this year. It seems like defenses are able to confuse Baker fairly easily. That's not good. Baker doesn't have the athleticism to make up for that kind of stuff. So he has to learn how to be a good reader of the defense and and be a good play caller. And I do think that he's struggling at that. And and I do think that's one of his weaknesses. You know, I hate to say that, but we heard Stefanski and these guys say, hey, we're coming in here to dumb down the offense a little bit more for Baker and make his reads easier. I don't know if that's a good thing. I kind of feel like Baker needs to know how to read an offense and read a defense. So I am worried about that. I still believe in him, though, and I don't think that we can just cast him aside like I do see a lot of people in Cleveland, fans, media doing. This is his third head coach, his third offensive coordinator, third new system in three years in the NFL. No first-round pick in the NFL has ever had to deal with that. And again, you know, other Browns quarterbacks have had to deal with that because the fucking Browns do this shit, it seems like, every year, turn everything over. We have no stability. We need to show some stability here. Am I saying we need to keep Baker forever? No. He definitely needs to show some improvement, but there's no way he... This is who he is. He was just so good that rookie season that there's no way that he's... He has definitely regressed, but I don't think he is this Baker that we've seen this past year and a half now. You know, maybe I'm wrong. You know, I guess you should believe what your eyes are telling you. I still want to believe that Baker is as good as he was that rookie season, and he definitely needs to improve on things. I, 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 you know... Stefanski and the offense talked about how they want to get him on these rollouts, you know, move the pocket because that's where he's good, play action throws on the run. I didn't see any of that Sunday. And that's the perfect defense to do that against because they have a ferocious defensive front. Move the pocket. Get Baker moving. You have those movable tight ends. You've got really good three wide receivers. Why the fuck Kadero Hodge is out there all the time? I have no idea. I feel like we switched... Freddie Kitchens for a skinnier version of Freddie Kitchens right now. Like I'm, I'm so confused with what's going on with this offense, and it's very, very frustrating. As a Browns fan, dealing with this for as long as we have, I'm sure everybody is frustrated. I feel like my frustration's coming out now, and it's not good. I need to, I need to calm down because I, I don't want to throw the season away after the one game. You know, I, I did predict them to win, but I did think a loss was very realistic. They did have a tough, tough first part of the schedule. I could see them going three and four, four and four here early on, and then really kind of propelling themselves forward with the back end of the schedule. They have a much easier schedule. You're playing a lot of the better teams here early on. Not that that's a good thing. We don't want them to just win against bad teams because if you're just winning against bad teams, like, great, yeah, you may make the playoffs, but that means you're likely not going to do anything against the good teams. We need to see them play against good teams, uh, and they failed to do so here in Baltimore. 
I need to see what Kevin Stefanski and how those guys bounce back. Obviously, Thursday, it's not great. Quick turnaround after a demoralizing loss on the road to Baltimore. Luckily, we are at home. We have Cincinnati coming in, a rookie quarterback, a struggling offensive line. Hopefully, our defensive line can kind of get off on them. Uh, But this is going to be a huge game. I know some people are saying that this is our season. I'm not going to go that far yet. If they go 0-2, I'm not going to be thrilled. You know, you do get Washington the week after, which is also a winnable game, but a scarier defense, in my opinion, than what the Bengals have. But I will not say that this season is over if they lose to Cincinnati. It's tough, though. This is a huge game for us, and I hate to say that already early on into the season that this is big, but we need to see Baker and this offense bounce back a little bit. We need to see... Kind of what we we were hoping to see. Like what they had on that touchdown drive. That's the thing. They had good drives in that game. Things just didn't work out. Whether it was the Chubb fumble. They drove down the field and looked really good up until Odell dropped that ball in third and two. They had moments where they looked really good against a really good defense. They need to string more of those together. And I'm hoping that they're able to do that against Cincinnati. Again, I understand Cincinnati. They're not, they're not world beaters. They're not one of the best teams in the NFL, but... If you're able to kind of get an offensive groove going, maybe you get these guys kind of in lockstep, working together, looking better out on the field that can propel you forward a little bit. And then, you know, once the better teams come around, we'll see what they can do. But you have to win the games that you should win. And while I love the Browns, you probably weren't, at least on paper, supposed to win against that Baltimore. I don't think any of us wanted them to lose 38-6. to but we we're not projected to win, and I don't think you know the rosters, especially with all the injuries the Browns have right now. We don't match up favorably against them, and that showed. We should beat the Cincinnati. We should beat Cincinnati on paper, on the field, everything. So it's going to be a huge game. Get I said I was going to keep this short. I'm, I'm going to try and just get out of here here after the few notes. We just wanted to say that. You are going to hear a lot of Browns fans and a lot of media people and everything really upset with the game and then taking it. I'm I'm just gonna let this one go. It sucks. I didn't like it. None of us liked it. None of us watched liked watching us lose thirty eight to six again. I thought like the whole first half was actually a we stayed in the game and that was worth watching. But then after that, it was just it was embarrassing. The Browns had a bad game. Let's let's bounce back. We need to bounce back this week. Um, so for the news items before we get out of here, David Njoku, he is on the three week IR. The IR did change this year. You can't put a player on IR for three weeks. However. Once you bring them back, if they don't practice within a certain amount of days, I believe it's 21 days, uh, they have to be cut. Where in the past, if you brought them back and they didn't play, or I think it's like they have to be on your active roster. If he doesn't make the active roster, then they have to cut them. Where in the past, you could just put them back on IR and call their season. You can't do that anymore. So, Njoku is going to be out for at least three weeks. I would think probably a little bit more with a knee injury. It sucks. I liked what he was showing. Again, same thing last year. He was having a really good game. Started to look really good. Gets injured. Same thing this year. I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns eventually just kind of cut bait with him. It sucks to see because he's a really talented kid. And I like Njoku a lot. But he just can't stay healthy. And if you can't stay healthy and on the field, you're not helping us. So, unfortunately, I don't know what they're going to do with him. I hope he makes it back this year. But he's going to be going on IR. Mike Francesca of New York, uh, New York radio station, I believe, uh, came out earlier today and said that the Browns are shopping Odell Beckham Jr. I haven't seen anything confirmed or denied on the Browns side as of right now as I'm recording this Tuesday. Uh, you know, I mentioned this on my fantasy show that I think this has got to just be frustrating. 
not just for Odell, but for that offense in general. Every time they have a bad game, it's all right, well, now they're going to trade Odell. It was stupid for them to make this move. Like, we, we've got to stop with this crap. Either trade him or keep him. Like, I really, I, you know, did he have a great game? No. Has he had a great Browns tenure? No. And and I did say uh, to some people that I would not be surprised if, if it doesn't work out the rest of this year, if the Odell experiment is done after this year and they move him in the offseason or possibly even by the trade deadline. So maybe that's kind of what's happening here. Uh, but I, I just hate the constant back and forth with the rumors and all the bullshit. He's going to get moved. He's not moving. He's getting moved. He's not moving. Make up your mind. Either you want him here or you don't. But stop with this crap. It's so annoying. It makes us look so stupid. And it drives me crazy. So I personally do not think they should move on from him just yet. Stefanski and this offense just got here. They're just implementing their plans. Let's give it some time. You know, if you want to move him by the trade deadline, if we're sitting there with two or three wins by the trade deadline, fine. Move him. Do whatever you can to get whatever you can from him. I get that. We're going into week two. Like, just let's calm your tits. Let's calm down. Let's see if we can figure this shit out. Like, let's give him a shot to actually make this work. He's one of the best wide receivers in the game. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know what kind of effect that might bring on Landry, who they are best friends. They are like brothers to each other. You don't want to just trade Odell and then piss off Landry as well, because Landry's probably our best wide receiver on the team right now. So let's all take a deep breath. It was a bad game. I really do think we're going to bounce back. Let's stop with the Odell trade bullshit. Let's just figure out what we're going to do. If he's not turning around by the trade deadline, then we move him. Let's stop with with trying to get rid of six right now. Let's give him the year. We got to give him this year. Let's see if he can turn it around. Give him time to integrate into the Stefanski offense. See if he can prove himself. See if he can show what he showed us that rookie season. It is not time to cut bait on this kid just yet. He set the rookie touchdown record, and I understand that it wasn't a lot of touchdowns, but think of all of the quarterbacks that have come through the NFL that were rookies that did not set that record, and we've had a ton of really, really good ones. Baker was phenomenal in his rookie season. He was leading us in a playoff run. You know, we had obviously lost a couple tough games in there. There was a playoff run in there. Baker was good. He was a gunslinger. He had that great mentality. Something happened last year that kind of got him to get away from that. Maybe it was him getting beat up, the losses. I don't know. Let's see if he can turn that around and refine himself. I do think it's possible because I do think Baker is still a stud and he has it in him. So let's all calm down. Baker, let's give him the year. Odell, if he's not performing, I'm fine cutting him by the trade. Not cutting him, moving him by the trade deadline, but let's just stop with the tanking the whole season after week one for Trevor Lawrence. Like, let's calm down, okay? Let's all take a deep breath. We'll panic after week two. (laughs) I'll be back. We'll have an episode out. This will be going up Tuesday. Likely have an episode out Wednesday night or Thursday morning as I preview the Cincinnati Bengals Thursday night game with the for the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals with the Cincinnati Bengals back row pod. I'll be back again tomorrow, guys. Take deep breath. It's going to be okay. It's just one game. We've been here before. We'll likely be here again. We've still got time to turn this bad boy around. Let's go, Brownies, baby. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on there. Oh, they tackle the 40